Hello and welcome back to another episode of a solo show of the You Thought Podcast. It is me, your host, Wyatt, again for a third week. So you guys, as much as you try, cannot get rid of me. Um, I have a couple things that I wanted to go over today. And uh, the first thing is definitely a more serious topic, but we're going to go over the protest. And many people listening to this want to know this, but I am a black man. And I wanted to use my platform to speak on my thoughts about the current situation going on across the United States. And it's really hard for me to turn my frustration into words and be able to articulate my points. But I wrote down a couple things. And and when I watch those videos of police brutality, like the one of George Floyd, it hurts me. Uh, I not only see his face... I see my own face, and I see the face of my own brother, Jared. When I see that Breonna Taylor was killed in her own home because the cops kicked into the wrong house, I see the face of my mother when they show her picture. When I see that Tamir Rice was gunned down at 11 years old in a, in a park for playing with a toy gun, I see the face of my little brother. And I have people listening, I have friends, I've had coworkers who can never truly feel in fear the same way that I and other African Americans do feel about police brutality. I-, I could get into my car right now and I could go to the grocery store and get pulled over for something like speeding and lose my life because of it. If you're a person out there that has the privilege to not carry that burden, have enough self-awareness to recognize that. And after you recognize your privilege, use your position to stand and amplify the voices of your fellow African-American brothers and sisters that still have to fight for social justice today. Do not allow that burden to sit on just the shoulders of your African-American counterparts. Because silence is no longer an option. It is no longer enough to be just not racist. We have to be anti-racist. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And don't sit there and tell me that the riots have lost vision of the George Floyd and the Black Lives Movement because people are still getting arrested in Mace, hosed down for peacefully protesting and marching in the streets. Colin Kaepernick held a peaceful protest every Sunday for one minute during the national anthem, and he lost his job over it. A couple weeks ago, white Americans went to the state capitals with assault weapons to protest the COVID lockdown just so they can go get haircuts and get their nails done, and the police were able to show restraint. And still, like I said, people are getting gas and hose, and these riots are provoked by the same police brutality that we are fighting. Uh, And a quote from Martin Luther King said that a riot is the language of the unheard. We are frustrated. And those who are looting do not stand with the Black Lives Matters movement. They're there to live out their anarchist fantasies. The videos that I've seen are police and people who are just skateboards and have nothing to do. They're not protesters. They're not with them. They're just trying to break things and get what they can. And they're seeing it as an opportunity to take advantage of these businesses. But that's not what it's about. I mean, there are, it's, there are a million points to be made about social injustice. And I can't sit here and hit all of them. But I encourage you people out there listening to take some time and listen to those around you and let them speak about their issues. Go on Instagram and Twitter and watch videos of people speaking and try and try to understand their pain. 
From this point going forward, you can choose to stand with the oppressed or the oppressors. We can no longer create environments where people feel comfortable expressing their racist opinions, and we have to demand more out of each other, out of our officials, out of police officers, and those who are in power. I wanted to end this with a couple thank yous to those who have chosen to speak out, like LeBron James, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Floyd Mayweather, YG, Drake, Tory Langs, and all the other celebrities that have chosen to use their platform to amplify the voices of the people. Thank you for also using your resources for those who have had less and donating to Black, Life, Black Lives Matter's causes. Thank you for standing with us, because none of us are above this. We talked about it on our Wednesday show, and uh, George Kittle wants to reset the tight end market, and and rightfully so. I think he should. And when you're a top two player at your position, you deserve to be the highest paid player. And I mean, you have a he has a real argument for being the best tight end in the league. And when you're that guy, I mean, when you're that guy, Dak Prescott, listen to this. When you're a top two guy, when you're one of the top tier guys, yeah, you can demand that much out of your contract. Um, he's very unique as far as tight end goes. I mean, nobody outside of Travis Kelsey really has the offensive range that he does. And Kittle's a better blocker. I would argue that Kelsey, you can probably spread him out a little bit farther more from the offensive line and do more with him in the route tree and in the passing game. But as an all-around Swiss Army knife type weapon that they ask tight ends to be, Kittle is exactly that and more. Um, but, I mean, even if you're not Travis Kelsey in the route tree, I mean, Kittle is just as productive as, as Kelsey is. I was reading some statistics about him in, in regards to his contract negotiation. And last year, Kittle broke 25 tackles after receptions. Um, there's a, the very famous one of him in the Saints game, bodying like three people to get the extra couple yards. But the three players who ranked above him were all running backs. It was Kristen McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook, who are also the three best running backs in the league, or at least they're up there in the conversation. And uh, Kittle averaged seven and a half yards after catch per reception, which is a crazy high number. I don't know if people really realize how high a number that is. Seven and a half yards. I mean, he throws, you throw a 10-yard dig, and he's running off for 17. I mean, that's more than, that's well more than a first down. You throw a five-yard under, he's getting a first down every single time. I mean, that's crazy. And... I bet you when he gets his contract, he's going to make just as much money per year as the slot receiver, like somewhere around where Jarvis Landry is at, at $15 million per year. And I would not be completely shocked if he got more. I mean, Amari Cooper just signed last year, and he's getting about like $20 million per year. And would you rather have Amari Cooper or George Kittle? Because I like Amari. I think Amari is one of the best route runners in the league. I think that he is definitely has the capability athletically and... You know, I mean, he he understands. He's a smart, he's a smart guy. Uh, he has the capability of being one of the best wide receivers in the league. But Kittle already is one of the best tight ends in the league, and the athletic prowess that him and Kelsey have it doesn't come around often. Uh, I think that the tight end position is evolving a little bit, and I think that they're kind of moving in a different direction as far as athleticism goes. And in some cases, they're still going to be treated like the running back, depending on how like they use a tight end. But 
it's not going to be like that hard for a team to find a big body pass catcher to catch streaks in underneath underneath routes. But there are, like I said, there are more athletes at the position than ever before. A Baltimore utilized a multiple tight end set last year. And although Lamar Jackson was the focal point of their offense, Mark Andrews was their best pass catcher. He's our number one wide receiver. He's the best guy on their team as far as pass catching goes. Um, you know, Cleveland added Austin Hooper, and they already had David Njoku, so they're going to probably run multiple tight end sets. Tampa Bay has O.J. Howard, and they just traded for Rob Gronkowski. They're going to have multiple tight end sets. I mean, the position is far more valuable now than it has ever been, and I won't be surprised if the 49ers splurge on their best player. So we're probably all really sick of it now at this point. Uh, the NBA is proposing to return, and I don't I don't like talking about the possibilities of when they return. I think we agreed as a group of us for the regular show that we weren't going to talk about every little proposal and detail that comes out, out about the possibility of a sport returning. Because, I mean, you look at the MLB, and they were going to return, and they had agreed on a deal, and now the owner's like, you, you know, hold on. We need to kind of backtrack this a little bit. We want to change the way the final. I mean, they're always going to be like this back and forth between them. But with the NBA, they're proposing a 22-team uh, return in Orlando. And it feels like there's some real weight to it. So I wanted to go in on it a little bit. Uh, here's some of the details. So each of the 22 teams will play eight regular season games in Orlando for seeding purposes for the playoffs. Um, sources tell ESPN. The new structure is expected to include 16 teams that would have been in the playoffs when they stopped the season in March, and then six additional teams with a play-in tournament for the number eight seed in both conferences, which I like. If the ninth seed is more than four games behind the eighth seed, the eighth seed will earn the playoff spot. No, no play-in tournament. If the ninth seed is four games or fewer behind that team, then the ninth and eighth seed will enter the playoff tournament. Um, so it's a double elimination for the eighth seed and single elimination for the ninth seed. And just a little background on why they care so much about that ninth seed is that every other team that has already been eliminated, they automatically go into the lottery. So it's about draft position. The Golden State Warriors... I mean, they're not coming back, but like they're already in the lottery. It doesn't matter how many more games they lose. If they're they're a bottom three team in the NBA, they were already going to be in the lottery. It's random. It's far more random than football is because in football, the, the worst team gets the number one overall pick. And everybody else who's in the bottom of the NBA just gets more ping pong balls in a little machine that they use to pick out the names. It's just more possibilities to get the number one overall pick. But it's not a guarantee either way. I mean, we saw the Pelicans last year get the number one overall pick and grab Zion Williamson, and they were not the worst team in the league. I think it's probably Cleveland. I don't know. But maybe the Suns. But you get what I'm saying, that they, they do it a little differently. And then the double elimination for the eighth seed doesn't it, – it's good – it doesn't put them at a disadvantage. I don't feel like they're penalizing the eighth seed for making it into the playoffs. Because if all goes well, and it, let's say everybody wins, and the Grizzlies win out for the, for the eighth seed, and they get there, they still have the opportunity to be the better team and make it in. They're not getting penalized just because they want to have Zion Williamson in the playoffs and 
this and that, and they're not getting the opportunity to play stripped away from them. They're not doing an all playoff tournament, and they recede for the seventh. This is this is, I I really like this idea and the way they're going. I mean, it's clearly the best option out of all the ideas that they threw out there, and it was borderline impossible for them just to break the, bring the regular season back normally. Um, the whole idea where they do like a full sixteen team playoff format is ridiculous. The Bucks would have had a crazy road to the finals had they done the full 16. I mean, they would have had to gone go through the Clippers to get to the finals. Um, and, and it's maybe not as evident as it is in football, but teams in the East are built to beat teams in the East. You can get some interesting matchups, but ultimately... You know, there are teams like the Miami Heat are built to face the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Clippers are are built to beat a team like the Lakers. I mean, they build these teams to beat teams within their own division. Um, So they, it makes more sense for them to keep it the traditional way. Um, But the six teams that are not currently the top 16 teams that will play in Orlando, which Disneyland, um, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, good for them. Sacramento Kings, good for them. And San Antonio Spurs in the West. And then just the Wizards in the East, which no pressure, Wizards. Uh, but regardless of whoever gets the number eight spot, even if it's the Portland Trailblazers, I'm picking Lakers in five. That's. It'll be fun to see the last regular season games. It'll be fun to watch the play-in tournament if there is one and they're within the four games. I think that's going to be like the real exciting part about that. But I mean, once we move on and once we get into the real playoffs with the top eight teams, it's just going to be business as usual. And I expect the Lakers and the Bucks to dominate the Eastern and Western Conference. And I expect the Clippers to have a really good run and the Clippers and the Lakers, I mean, pretty much just business as usual. And I think the NBA is doing a really good job of creating this solution so that way we can actually have a fair chance for those teams who are having to deal with a shortened season and then the teams who are already in the playoffs still have an opportunity to play and doesn't screw them over entirely. Um, one last thing is that I do think that the season is supposed to start July 31st, which is exciting. It's well over a month away. Um, players and teams have a chance to kind of get their feet underneath them again. I cannot wait. For Odessa, if, if I said June, I meant July, July 31st. Uh, I cannot wait until July 31st to watch some basketball again. Thank you for guys for uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to my thoughts on the protests at the beginning. Um, have a very good weekend. Have a very safe weekend. Thank you.